My prize pack rares are a Finale of Glory, a Narset's Reversal, and a Ravnica at War. I'm sorry. So... Because I hit record and I'm just going to start talking and stuff. Yep. I don't know if this is where we want to go with the bonus or anything like that, but I know I was going to go somewhere else to start this off, but um, yep. I came to, I think I kind of like realized something today or like just started accepting something. That I'm awesome. No, something realistic. But, uh, and I don't know what y'all think. But it's just one of those things I constantly get people, you know, people constantly bitch about and stuff like that. But I don't think like music nowadays is bad. I think stuff is just not arranged properly. <laughs> like I think songs are well written, or a lot of songs are well written, not all of them, obviously, but like they're just not built the correct way. Okay. Like, so part of the whole thing is because you know me, I listen to just shitloads of covers. Yes. I love covers. I think covers are better than original songs for the most part. Uh, I usually agree with you. Yep. So, uh, Postmodern Jukebox put out a cover of um, uh, Chandelier, if you know that song. I feel like I know it, but I don't know it's called that. It's one of those songs. Yeah. The Chandelahira. <laughs> I, I, I don't know. <laughs> they always, the way they sing it always just makes me laugh. That I'm going to swing from the Chandelier song or whatever it is. But, All right. like, it's, but like when you really listen to the song, it's super, 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 super dark. Like, <laughs> it's kind of a really depressing song. And, like... I went and listened to the original because I don't like know it very well, and like the original isn't like all like ha 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 or anything, but I just feel like they they sterilized it too much. If that makes sense, I don't yeah. know if you get it. Like I've 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 heard that in reference to songs before. Yeah, I think I've said that before, and I think the song I always point to is "I'm uh, Closer" by the Chainsmokers. Yep. Like, that song is just super sterile sounding when you listen to it. And, like, I've heard, like, three covers of it, and they're all really good. And it's because it's just not so... Uh, it's... I don't know. It's just... They just take it and let there be emotion with it to some degree. Like, uh -huh. I think that's what it is. And so I've heard two covers in very of this the Chandelier song in a very similar style. Uh, one is was Postmodern Jukebox, and the other one is Puddle's Pity Party. Um, and he actually did that for, I guess, on, like, one season of America's Got Talent or something like that. But um, uh, I'd heard him do it before and everything like that. And, like, the song really opens up when you have, when you just change the style of it slightly and rearrange it. Uh, and, like, just re remix it even to some degree. But, like, rearrange it, you know? And I've just, like, been thinking about music like that. Like, especially on my, you know, the joke song, like, Crytunes you sent to me. Yep. Like... It, it, like that song is such a perfect thing of, with that and stuff like even the more I listen to the original of the song and stuff like that that song is so depressing like and it's it's a joke like it's a joke song obviously like you know it is made to be like a gag kind of and like the characters that were in the thing are a caricature of things but like it's just really really weird like even the original like when you really start looking into it and then the, co the cover by Jesse Stewart like, it's a super, super, super depressing song. Like, like you know, just about rampant alcoholism and, like, depression and stuff like that. But I don't know. So, like, to bring this all back around, I think that's, the, I think that's my problem with a lot of stuff is, like, I think taking, as I said, they, they, things are so sterile with it and everything like that. Like, I think that pulls a lot of the emotion out of it and honestly i don't think the people performing these things in a lot of cases are um not talented like i, th I actually believe they are talented people i i'm gonna blame producers honestly is mostly what it is well that is that is actually what it comes down to because like you know the the pop well not not pop music in like this pop music style but like the popular music yeah 
in it general. It is. It is the popular music in general is that way because producers want it to be that way. Mm-hmm. You know, it is much harder for a singer. A lot of the singers don't necessarily write their own songs, or they mm-hmm. don't write very much of the song, and as a result, they're not able to yeah. put themselves into said song. So they, they may be co- yeah, they may be co-writers, but I'm not 100 percent convinced they do much. <laughs> yeah. So the, as a result of that, like you're just not going to get the same performance as someone who like actually really gets into it. Like when you hear Jesse Stewart sing, yeah, cold <laughs> beer, yep. Or if you just look at him, <laughs> yeah, you see someone who you can be like, yeah, this is someone who is definitely a raging alcoholic. Like, yeah, apparently he's not, or yeah, he's, or he's over it. I guess I don't know. Like, like Marauder is the song that really gets me every time now. Like, yeah. You know, like as the the best YouTube comment for that one is, is like, dude, this guy sings like he's fighting for his damn life. Yeah. Like, I mean, the dude is so emotional when he's singing that he literally like broke a bottle over his head in a performance one time. Like, it was bleeding all over. And apparently, there were no drugs or alcohol involved with that. Just I like mean, mild amounts of depression. Is that him <laughs> doing it because he's emotional or insane? I think he is. I like from what I've gathered from what people have said, like watching him perform and like people coming in that i guess know him he is just a person who really does pour a lot into his music because like if i like marauder in particular like when you listen to that song you're like like you know because that's an original song of his and you're like this dude's seen some pain like Mm. (laughs) like i think he actually has you know gone through some shit and probably still like you know isn't completely in a good spot which honestly like that makes good songwriters like you know, after Neil Diamond got straightened out, none of his songs were good either. Um, <laughs> but, like, you know, and I, I think that's part of it. Like, this, like, that is his release to some degree. Like, that's that's where he can kind of, like, share his pain, if that makes sense. You know, yep. it, it all sounds super emo. But honestly, I think it's really, really, like, it is really meaningful and actually, like, relevant you know like uh, people like there's a reason that people make music a lot of times and it is to express those super super painful experience or or whatever usually it's pain like james taylor you know uh some of his best songs are about some of the shittiest times in his life like you know his most famous song fire and rain is about you know his heroin addiction the his friend's suicide and like uh the band he had started falling apart you know, and uh, uh, Carolina, or um, uh, yeah, Carolina in my mind. Yeah. Uh, in my mind, I'm going to Carolina. Uh, that's and that's one of his more popular songs too. That um, he wrote when he was overseas in England recording his album and everything, and was like, as as he put it, you know, he's talked about clinically homesick, um, like longing just to be back where he was after and you know at the same time all that other stuff was going on too and everything so and it's like those you know those are the times that people kind of latch on to these things so it's and you know channel that pain like neil diamond some of my favorite neil diamond songs too like the song shiloh i don't that's not a very popular one of his but that's one of my favorite songs of his um it's literally about how his dad didn't pay any attention to him as a kid and he had to have an imaginary friend like <laughs> it's you know and like i you know a lot of those people are channeling this is the only way they can find to express and explain these things that they've had to deal with like you know that's i, I noticed a lot of me talking and stuff i'm sorry <laughs> oh it's, i'm just listening to you yeah i don't want to like interrupt you on things like i do think it's interesting that like you're you're approaching a lot of these songs from like the things you're talking about them is like, you think the reason why a lot of people don't like modern music is the lack of emotion stuff. And that's whenever we talk about music, I'm always the one who's like, I really, really like the song because it's very, very emotional. And there are certain songs that I love and you dislike and you I like love it. them because they're emotional. I think you like them because they're emotional lyrically. Yes. I like, I like, I, I tend to prefer songs that are emotional. Um, that that create an emotional feel overall, um, and I don't disagree with you, but I'm sure I'll let you finish your thought before I give my example. 
Well, that, that pretty oh, much that was my thought. Because, so, like, I, I know, what was it? The, the Papa Roach song, which I do think that he, when he sings, and Maria Brink, who was oh, a duet with him, yep. they both are very emotional. I feel like they sound very emotional to me when they sing. <laughs> See, and I thought the song sounded a little sterile. Yeah. And, and that could just be me. Like, and I don't think it was a bad song. Yeah. Like, obviously, like, I think I said that to you. I'm like, I'm like, this is good, but I just don't think it's something that's going to click with me. Yeah. Which and is maybe yeah, I might, I might latch onto it the more I listen to it, but no one bats a hundred, not even me. Yeah, no. <laughs> I mean, you've, you've wrecked me more than any with, you know, stuff like that. But, you know, and as I've said before with music, when I listen to it, I can listen to it and get, and just kind of get the feel now. Like that's something that, like one of the best things ever about listening to like learning to listen to soundtracks and like OC remix and stuff. Um, and actually just before we started recording, I'm in one of my freaking moods as you probably can tell. Yeah. Um, so like um, I was listening to the song avian by uh, theophany, I think is how it's pronounced um, completely instrumental. It's like a, tr- like a really dark uh, melodic trip hop version, like trip hop down tempo version of the, uh, um, one of the Meridia tracks from Super Metroid. Um, and like, so the, the song's named Avian because they're, um, so back in the days of OC Remix, um, the first album they put out was, was um, a, a Super Metroid album, actually. And there's a, there's a remixer named, I think his name was Christopher Powell, but who went by the name Avian, who remixed um, that track, that um. Uh, uh, Meridia track on on that album, and it was it was that really dark, flowing kind of sound to it. It's a really cool track too. I can't even pronounce the name of it, uh, what it's called, but um, if you ever looked up Relics of the Chozo or whatever it is, like it's on there. Um, and he he um actually died in a car accident um at like eighteen or something like that. And I went and looked, and it kind of fucked me up because um he's like on the OC remix page, it has the artist information and stuff like that. And he's like, he would have been like a month and a few days younger than me. Like, you know, and uh, so for the 25th anniversary, this Theophany remixed, remixed a track. This was one of the, uh, that avian track was one of his favorites. So he remixed this down temple track um, and titled it avian in honor of this person. And released it on the this 25th anniversary for the super metroid on oc remix and it's one of those songs that like i i got into my car one time and turned the song on and you know how when you like if you take like a glass of water and drip a drop of like ink or coloring into it and how it swirls around in there before it fills up the entire glass with the color yep like you could feel the music doing that in my car. Like I could, I could literally feel the song flowing over the edges and like of my, of my car and filling up the entire car. Like it is just one of those tracks that is just like, you hear it and you feel something immediately. It's ridiculous. Like I, like I think that, and that is the track that got me into like really enjoying down tempo and trip hop and stuff like that. Like, like the really sort of um, heavily electronic, but really mellow sort of sort of thing. Like, you know, Massive Attack, a, a couple of their songs. So I, I, I have like a radio station. I listen to. That's about the only band I know. But I'm uh, like, it's just like the song in and of itself. There's there's some like synthesized lyrics in it that is just like more DJ stuff than it is like actual lyrics. Um, but like vocalizations and stuff, but like there's no lyrics in it. It's all instrumental, and it just it has such just a giant emotional weight to it. Even like even before knowing the backstory of the song, like I could you could just feel the heavy weight of the song on you. Like I don't know. So I think to get to my whole point, like I, you know, I think there's a bigger thing than just you know words to it and everything, and like just that weight of everything in it. Like I don't know. I'm as I said, I'm in one of my freaking moods right now. Mm-hmm. Like, and I, I like had like had to wipe some tears out of my eyes as I listened to that song again, because like, I could just feel it hitting me like just that music and how, 
and and the pressure and weight that that song put on while still just being this flowing ebbing sort of thing it it fits the environment perfectly it's ridiculous like you know it i don't know and i don't think that i think that was just a quality of music song more than it is like a nostalgia song because there's a couple songs that i listen to on osu remix that i'm just like i the nostalgia factor of it really gets me so did you know the story behind that card or behind that song sorry before yep. you i'm i'm staring at uh our open discord so i'm like that's why i said card me too um, actually but... <laughs> um did you i did not know it before did... i listened to the song and the first time you listened to it was in your car no that was not the first time okay that was not the first time i like i knew i knew the backstory by the time i listened to it in my car right. there but like this it became one of my favorite oc remix songs before i knew the story right well, and, that, was... and then that just added to it basically I was actually going to ask you, like, how much of that, how much of its impact do you think ties from your own self-admitted fear of your own mortality? I don't think any of it applies to that. Um, because, because, like, I when think, you when you said the whole, like, he's, like, a month and a few days younger than you or whatever. I didn't find that out till today. Okay. <laughs> like, right. ten minutes ago. <laughs> All right. Fair enough. But, or not ten minutes, but, you know, like, just before we, we flipped this on. So, like, that that piece isn't isn't any of it there like yeah, um, i didn't i didn't yeah. know you didn't know about it back then so oh yeah. no that's fine yeah like i was just looking it up today to look at some of the comments and stuff like that and just check it out again but like um because when i first listened to the song i did not know any any of the backstory i just knew i'm like hey murdia tracks are sweet let's listen to this one and it just grabbed me like it was just one of those ones as i said it it is it's music that has weight to it like mm-hmm. you can it's it's almost like sound that you can feel like it's it's insane um and i'm sure people probably won't feel the same way about it as i do like and that's but that's just the way even before i really listened to it that it got me there but like man like that feeling in the car that one time was just surreal like <laughs> i don't know obviously it's a very different style of music but whenever you say music that has weight to it now all i can think yep. of is the who why because that one the song wolf totem just has like so much oh i was thinking the 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 who as in like no um, sorry uh, the who h-u yes i agree 100 percent. that that song has has like mass to it like it's just like it's just amazing how that song just moved like it's just so ponderous and and moves you forward like it's just like they captured such a good feeling with it so i'm actually going to go back because you you, basically you keep saying things and i don't want to interrupt you because i I want to just let you i just want to let your flow go right yeah sorry (laughs) so i'm going to go back to the one song you said uh uh carolina in my mind yep have -hmm. you ever actually been homesick before uh probably i think i i don't know if i've been homesick for a location I have been homesick for people. That's fair. Like, if that makes any sense. I've, I recall one time when I was very young, I think I was like four mm-hmm. or five, and I went down to Virginia to visit my father. Mm-hmm. And I remember like crying when I was at the babysitter's place because I remember saying I missed my mom. Mm-hmm. God, how things have changed. <laughs> um, but I, Never, never mind. I'm just gonna go beyond this because I have something to say, but I don't know if I want to say it on here. All right. <laughs> um, but that's I remember doing it, and I don't actually recall if I was legit homesick or if I just didn't like when I was in daycare. Yeah. But um, like as an adult, like I I regularly hear people make comments about like you know like being homesick, and like I remember listening to one person at a McDonald's. He was talking to some guy. And he was like, yeah, man, like, you go you go away for a while, and you just don't realize how much you miss the lake. And, like, just that, sen- that sentence has always stuck with me. That's and, uh, real. <laughs> it's hard. I The thing is, I don't know. I have difficulty imagining that. I I understand it, I think. Like, like there's... I've said before one of my favorite things about Duluth is driving down that hill. 
into the, it is, into the city. It's it is the best thing about living here. Like no joke. To I this day, it. come if I'm coming from if I'm coming back from my range run, I can't help but look at that and be like, "Damn, that's a good view." Yeah, like like lived here my entire goddamn life. Mm-hmm. Damn, that's a good view. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that was one but, of my favorite favorite things about working up at that McDonald's is coming back, coming home, and going and see and like. It just, the yeah, I don't know. There's just such a good feeling about it, and and no other place can compare. Like for some reason, I don't know what it is. Like, and I'm not like somebody who loves Duluth for, you know, a lot of reasons. <laughs> There's a real lot of reasons I don't love it, but man, like, I, this place just has a weird feeling to it that just is hard to replicate. I've only been one place that has made me feel like that. And that was um, uh, uh, Dunedin in New Zealand. Really? Yep. It, it's it's a very similar sort of aesthetic. It's an, it kind of an older, like it's a, one of the bigger towns there, but it's an old town. Um, it's on the ocean actually, but you kind of do the same thing. You come down the hill into the, into like this bay and everything um, with the city around it. And it's just, it, I, I remember doing that and I'm like, it, it feels like home in a weird way like you know not the same thing but it was like huh. i've heard people say that i'm uh uh san francisco kind of has the same feel yeah that but, would also make sense yeah. that it is another big bay area mm-hmm. style thing but it was like yeah like i heard i remember the guy saying that and i always thought it was weird because i've ever since i've been an adult like even when i go out of town i've never really felt homesick mm-hmm but I have no desire to move away. <laughs> yeah, right. And I don't know how much of that is just my my personal desire of I don't like change or just like I do just feel great here. Like even the thought of like moving to Superior just seems wrong to me. Right. I don't disagree. Like, And it's super <laughs> weird, right? Because like it's literally across the bridge. Yep. I work in Superior. Yeah. But for some reason, the thought of moving to Superior seems odd. Yeah, I... I don't disagree with you. Like, it's one of those things that's like, I didn't grow up in Duluth either. No, you were out in Carlton. Yeah, like, I was way, I was a ways away. So, um, uh, when I, uh, cause I moved into, I actually didn't live in Duluth first either. I lived in Superior because I went to school there for a year and then yep. moved into Duluth. Um, and then have basically been here ever since and everything. But like, yeah, I don't know. It's just, it's just, it's hard to explain. There's just such a weird feeling to it. It's just a place that draws me for some reason. Like, I moved to, you know, to you know, to Duluth, and then actually moved back to the house I grew up in. Like, my parents moved into that house when I was two, and I lived there until I moved out at like eighteen, and. I moved back in there and it's, it was like when they, when they had moved to Montana and I was like, this doesn't still doesn't feel like home. Mm-hmm. Like it was really weird. Like it, and and maybe some of it was the situation too. Cause like we were, we were living there and they let you... us have the house basically. Like it yeah. wasn't like, you know, there were a couple places where they were like, this is ours. You know, when we come back, we stay here and everything, but they weren't back all the time. I mean, we stayed there. It was, you know, it was our house more or less. And it was a place that I was, I was very comfortable with. As I said, I grew up there. I knew all the weird knack, nicks and knacks of the house and everything. But it, as much as I hate the place to some degree, when I, when we finally got to move back into that old crappy house, like, where, you know, where you were, yeah, like, it kind of felt good. Like, as weird as that sounds you know like it was it was really weird like i don't know yeah. I've, I've decided that someday i just need to like take just like a week-long vacation somewhere and just yeah. see if i legit feel homesick yeah i mean i think i've, I've had like when we've on gone on trips and stuff i've been like i don't know if i'd call it homesick but i've been like and I could go home. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, it's like, all right, this is a fun time. Time to go home. 
Like when I go visit my parents in Montana, a week, like we, uh, we usually spend a week. That's fine. Like if we spend two weeks, it's like by the end of it, it's like, you know, it's nice being here. Like I really like being with my parents, like hanging out with my parents and stuff like that. But man, I just want to be home, you know, <laughs> and like, but I don't know, like, as I said, I, I, I think I've found, and this is re- actually recent and stuff like that. I think it's just with all the stuff that's been going on in life like that. But like, as I said, like the homesick feeling that I got is like, man, I really want my parents to come back into town. Like, yep. you know, cause it's like, I just need some people. I, I like, I need people here to help me if that makes sense. Like to just like, just having them around is like supportive for me. And your parents are probably like the two most dependable people in existence. Pretty close, yeah. Like they're, as I said, they're some of the best people in the world. Like I won the freaking lottery with that, as yeah. I said before. Like it's, you know, and, but like, because you know, it's been rough here and stuff. Because like, you know, my wife's finishing up school here, and then like we had a bunch of life changes, and with both of us you know with her dad passing was really hard on us and like we both got new jobs around that time and she's been in school was in school this whole through this whole all this stuff so like i got a new job that i was transitioning into and she got a new job that she transitioned into and that was a whole garbage fire and was just hell for her and like you know i didn't want to like it was one of those things where it's like, I'm trying to be there to like help her. Cause she has a lot more going on than I do. And like, you know, it, it, it always, it like, sometimes it was just like, I don't have anyone here for me. Like, you know, like I don't want to make her have to worry about me. Yep. And it was, so it was always kind of like, I just want somebody here. Like, you know, not even to like deal with these problems, but just somebody here to like, just be, you know, that person that's like, like just a dependable person I can talk to, you know? And like, honestly, you ended up filling that role a lot. Like, <laughs> you know, um, as I, I gotta kind, be useful for something as so. I kind of said, I've said before in other ways, but like, <sighs> so it's like, like that's my homesickness thing, but yeah, like, that's such a weird thing. Man. Too real. Should we... <laughs> Sorry. You want to get more real? Okay. So, um, Thursday. Mm-hmm. Uh, this, 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 you made me rethink of this. This has actually been just in my mind mm-hmm. on the regular ever since Thursday. Uh, I was okay. delivering to a stop. It's one of my last stops, actually. Yep. In uh, up in Eppleth, and the owner was there actually. I don't see him very often because he mm-hmm. he's an owner of the place and he has another job. Oh, okay. And I'm sitting there, you know, I, I I come in, I'm like, oh, how's it going? His answer is terrible. Oh, okay. Uh, so he was actually there to fix his oven because uh, one of the gas lines had broke, so it wasn't heating his pizza oven. Obviously, very important when you're a pizza place. Yep. Fair enough. So he's there to fix that, and he finishes it, and you know I'm making my deliveries, doing this thing, and then I go back in the office and start chatting with him. I'm like, I'm like, well, you know, I hope your I hope your day starts treating you better. He's like, it's not going to. <laughs> Obviously, we're already things are going bad. So me being me, yeah, I'm basically a psychiatrist. <laughs> I'm like, well, what's wrong? He's like, well, I tore my ACL. Oh, okay. This man has his body is literally terrible. Like he, okay. it's not that he abuses it; it's just falling apart of its, its own. It's just one of those ones where it's like, yeah, nothing's gonna work. Yeah, so he tore his ACL. Like his knees are already shot to shit, and his ACL was like bunched up under his thigh muscle because that's what it does when it tears. Because yep. it's under tension. Yep. And like I'm like talking about it. I'm like you know talking about it and all that and. He's like, yeah, I just need, like, I need a new, I need, like, a knee replacement, but I don't got the money for a knee replacement. He just, like, stops and just looks at me. And, like, 
the look on his face was just the most defeated thing I've ever seen. He's like, I just can't take the pain anymore. Oh God! And it's just I'm like I'm I I look at him like I honestly have no idea what to tell you. Like he's a really good guy. I like him as a person. He's great. Mm-hmm. But like I I have nothing. Mm-hmm. Like you know, it's not like I can like pay his medical bills or anything. I'm not a doctor. I like I have nothing I can offer him. And I felt so weird in that situation for multiple reasons. Because a hearing like that's that's the kind of sentence that you just don't say willy nilly, right? Yeah. You don't just say I can't take the pain anymore. Mm-hmm. And like just the look he gave me just like struck me. It's like, damn. Like it just clings to you. So, I've I've mentioned random things before. Like even in actual physical pain, I've been in a lot of it in my life. Mm-hmm. Like pain is a constant companion for me. <laughs> <laughs> and whenever I've heard, you know, I've never I've heard you hear people say that in like TV and shit. I've yeah. never had someone tell me that in person before. Yeah. So like just him saying that just made it seem really real to me. And then as a result, I've just been thinking about that ever since he said that, which is just like, I'm legit hoping that he doesn't do anything stupid. Yeah. Because, you know, people do crazy things when they're in pain. Uh And so, like, I've been thinking about that. It's like, like I said, I've been, I've had so many things that are just agony in my life, both physical, mental, emotional, all that shit. Mm Mm-hmm. And at no point in my life have I ever been, have I ever thought I just can't take it anymore. And part of me is wondering, is that because I've, I haven't actually had it as bad as I think I have? Or is it just because I deal with it better than others? And I don't know the answer and it bothers me. The answer could just be yes. Yeah. And no. I mean, it's just one of those things that's like, you know... That's kind of one of our mottos we've had, like, you know, is people are different. Yeah. You know, that everyone has their own threshold and stuff like that. And I'm sure my threshold is far lower than yours. Like, <laughs> but, you know. As I jokingly referred to no selling a broken ankle for an uncertain amount of time. Yeah, you did pretty good on that one. Yeah. You got off the bus at least. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Well, so, oh, that's the thing, like, you know, when it comes to, like, so we had the, I had the broken ankle when it comes to pain. Mm-hmm. I've had the growth plate in my thumb broken, mm-hmm. and that wasn't taken care of for, like, days afterwards. And I had the time that my testicle was swollen up to twice its normal size. <laughs> that still takes the cake for the most painful experience of my life, for anyone wondering. Fair. <laughs> like... God, it's just... I still remember that pain. Like, here's the thing. I hate hospitals. I've always hated hospitals. As a kid, I hated hospitals. Yeah. And, like, I was having, like, weird stomach pain. And there's... uh, You're supposed... If you think you might have, like, an appendix problem or anything like that, you're supposed to stand on your tippy toes and just drop down to your heels. Mm -hmm. And if you feel a sharp pain, it means there's a problem. Okay. So my mom had me do this... Uh, one day it was like a Saturday and she's like well if you feel pain we're gonna have to go to the hospital she and made so the mis- like <laughs> she made the mistake of telling me I'd have to go to the hospital yeah so I know sold it I'm yep. like yeah I'm fine everything's fine <laughs> lie <laughs> yep lied maybe it was a Monday the next Saturday I ran a mile <laughs> okay the next Sunday I couldn't walk boy howdy that was painful yeah i mean you know i'm i'm kind of a whiner i've had it good (laughs) i haven't broken a bone i haven't like you know i got some like problems and stuff like that but mostly it's just me whining yeah. Like, I mean, I got like my flat feet, stuff like that. So my, my like knees and legs do get really bad after like long days and stuff like that. Yep. But like, I wouldn't last six minutes doing what you do. Like, <laughs> you know, there's a reason I have a desk job, basically. You but, put on muscle eventually. Huh? 
You'd put on muscle eventually. It's not a muscle thing. It's actually like just like my feet are so shit that like you just wouldn't be able to support yeah. yourself basically. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like I I had um uh, I think it corrected itself. I don't know. I never really did anything, but like I had scoliosis when I was younger, and um uh, like my feet are just super 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 flat, um, and so it's like you know it just kind of is what it is. And like if I if I uh, if I'm walking a lot or standing, like my uh, my feet get really bad, and my um, calves will get bad, and my knees will get bad. And I'm, uh, I I just crank some like a leave and stuff until it goes away. But that's a serious question. How did you make it through McDonald's? I don't know. <laughs> like we didn't get to sit much on that job. No, I was, but like I don't know how. Like I really don't. Like there were some days where it was really where where it got bad for me, and it's gotten bet worse as I've gotten older. Part of it is that I'm uh, I was really good about getting good insoles in my shoes when I was at McDonald's. Ah, like I I always got good ones there, and like the ones I have now, like I um I got some prescript like not prescript like some prescription orthotics to try out. Those haven't worked worth a shit. Um, they actually made it worse for a while, which is not like the most uncommon thing because you're kind of your feet kind of have to get used to it. But like, yeah, yeah, they cut they, but you got to get through it really first. Yeah. So, oh, so to be fair, that was also back in the day when you first taught me the lovely combination of acetaminophen and ibuprofen. So, yep. Who knows how drugged up you were at McDonald's? I mean, I if I had, to, I would take stuff. But like, yeah, yeah. So it's it, yeah. We make it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So basically for the past four days, I've just been, or three days, I've just been constantly thinking about pain because of what a customer of mine said. And it's just weird. Yeah. I don't know. Like the thought of just not being able to take it. I just don't, I don't know if I would be able to accept myself if I had that thought. It's one of those things that I don't think you can understand until you're there, probably. Yeah. Because I know I haven't been there. <laughs> like, at least I haven't hit my threshold. But, like, you know, I've had, like, minor amounts of pain where I'm like, God, I wish this would really go away because it sucks. You know, or, you know, this or that or whatever it is, you know. Well, that's, uh, I was talking to the girl that I'm seeing right now. Uh, somehow we got on the topic of like suicide and shit mm-hmm. <laughs> because I'm oh. a root hoot and half. <laughs> I'm, a fun, yeah. I'm, a, I'm a fun person to go on dates with, I guess. I was going to say, I'm like, yeah, that's, that's you sound like a party. <laughs> Shoot. What's your, like, we got on the topic of suicide. She's like, well, what's your opinion? I'm like the thought of giving up so much that suicide enters my mind just i cannot stand it she's like well why i'm like because if for suicide to be an option that would mean that the world would have won and i refuse to let that happen (laughs) and she's like that's "That's a really positive attitude well yeah she's like that's a really weird way of looking at it but i get it i'm like that's just how i am like i have gone through too much shit in my life (laughs) to ever end it it's like no i fucking refuse i will truck on through literally anything because this world can go to hell i'm going out on my terms and my terms is i'm gonna be the last one alive (laughs) oh man yeah my 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 really really dark and semi-morbid uh uh, uh, da 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 da. What's the ah, man? I forgot what the word was. Not positive. Motivational speech. There yeah. we go. I mean, yours is better than my reason, which is le- which is just pure fear. Like, <laughs> I mean, that's legit. That's I, why most. That's lie. why it's. That's why most people only attempt it. Yeah. Because actual morta- fear of mor- mortality is a thing. Yeah. Like. I- like oh, I just refuse to go not kicking and screaming, so <laughs> <laughs> uh. <laughs> I'm gonna leave this world the same way I the same way I came into it, <laughs> naked and screaming. 
<laughs> but I'm so, sorry. I don't like to lose. Yeah. So I kind of want to rewind again to like your to one of your things and stuff, and actually bring this back to like one of the original topics I wanted to, like I was talking about. <laughs> but um, uh, so this is might weirdly even tie to magic and stuff like that. But um, uh, I was thinking about your home, the, the home, you know, that you were talking about the homesickness thing. Oh yeah. Whenever that gets talked about, um, like homesickness gets brought up. All I can think about is the game earthbound. Like, like your most nostalgic game ever. Um, probably not. Actually. I think secret of man is my most, most nostalgic game ever. All right. Uh, yeah. Because as I said, that, Thinking about that game just evokes thoughts of like playing that game with my brother, and like that is just awesome. Like I just, those are things that I'm just gonna like hold dear forever. Um, but like, just play it, freaking Steel Earthbound, and like <laughs> play it because that game is phenomenal. Especially, and being younger when I played it, like you know, in my teens and stuff like that. Like I didn't, I don't appreciate the game as I do now. Like, yep. let's be the, real. Everything about our our like childhoods, we don't appreciate. We did not appreciate it then as we would now. No, like, yeah, it's just. Yeah, Your it's priorities absurd. are different, huh? Your priorities are different. Yeah, you're a child, you're doing it for entertainment purposes. Well, the, so the funny thing is, is the game Earthbound is literally a game about growing up. Mm-hmm. Like, it's this cute, cartoony, happy game throughout the whole thing where you're fighting, like, weird-looking space aliens with smiley faces and stuff like that. Like, the whole game is like that until the very, very end when you get your soul ripped out of your body and put into a robot. Uh, spoiler alerts for anyone. Um, if you haven't played this game that was made in, like, 1995. Um <laughs> Your soul gets ripped out and you get turned into a robot. You, your soul gets ripped out, you get put in a robot. Um, and you go through this, and you go into this area that's like in the future, back in time, or something like that to fight this like cosmic evil. And like as you're going through it, like the place that looks like a lot of the stuff looks like um, organs and intestines and stuff like that in a weird way. And the final boss, like, you know how most. Like most of the time, like if you've ever the Earthbound games, like they have like a back moving background and stuff like that. That usually has like some trippy graphics, and then there's like these like you know cartoon figures on the front that are just sprites that you do stuff with. Um, the final boss does not have a sprite; it is literally it's... the background. Yeah, like and it is just this indistinguishable form, and that just says the craziest stuff ever. Like the most insane, like it's it's gibbering. It doesn't make any sense. It is such a departure from the rest of the game, and the only way to beat it is that one of your characters has the option of praying. Like you have to deal a certain amount of damage to it, and then you literally cannot physically kill it. You have to use this pray command seven times, um, I think it is, and it basically calls upon like the the help of all these people that you've met through your journey to help you defeat the boss. Like, it's, like, and it's so crazy. Like, but, like, the, the guy who made the game said, he's like, he's like, this game is literally talking about the point where you lose your innocence as a child. Like, where you realize that the, that the world is not the same. Like, it's about changing, like, your eyes opening, if that makes sense. And mm -hmm. seeing the darkness in it. Like, throughout the entire game, everything is cutesy and cartoony, but you're dealing with things, like, and the reason I brought up the game is because, like, one of the one of the things that happens as you're going through it, your main character will randomly get homesickness. And the and there's there's two ways to cure it. One is you can carry an egg in your inventory and it'll hatch into a, a baby chick, and that will cure it for some reason um, because it makes you happy. And um, uh, the only other way is to call your mom. <laughs> like literally, like the the you uh, the way you save your game is using the phone to call your dad actually. But, like, the only way you can cure homesickness is to call your mom otherwise. <laughs> it's, like, it's this weird realness to the game. Like, and, like, you're going through this cartoony version of things where you're fighting, like, cults that are, like, trying to, like, destroy the world. And, like, these 
evil corporations that are actually doing like really crappy thing like like these things that are actually really 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 dark but because it has this cartoony atmosphere over it you don't see it like that it's it's so bizarre the game is so good like it's one of those games that it's like it's like it's it's an experience it's insane like when you start really looking at it but I don't know. Yeah, sorry. <laughs> I'm just like I'm just getting off on these things with it. I know, but like I don't know the the game is is phenomenal, and I recommend even if even though it's been spoiled for people, like going through and playing it is worthwhile. Like honestly, mechanically, there's some things about it that are just like, eh. I'm not like. It's a little. There's some parts that are dated with the mechanics, but overall, like the aesthetic and the game itself is just top-notch one of the best rpgs ever made i think um and like the humor in the game is freaking phenomenal as i think um uh i don't remember what game reviewer was yahtzee or something like that described it as a mix between cthulhu and snoopy and the red baron or something like that like <laughs> that sounds like something yahtzee would say it is and it is 100 accurate it is like it's like peanuts characters walking around a cthulhu world it's ridiculous but yeah I don't know. Like, like, I don't know. Retro games really had a weird thing like that. Like, I feel like there's, there, like, there are a lot of games like that that could do really cool things like that. But so, sorry, before before you get out, before sorry, you, continue. You go down that thing. I I have to ask you a question. Yes, you can ask me a question. How the hell did that tie back to magic? Oh, never mind. I got off on a different train. Sorry. Okay. <laughs> Acceptable. Fine. Reason. Um, <laughs> imbuing emotion into your game was, was okay. kind of the, the thought behind some of it. And um, okay. uh, honestly, this current set in Magic does that super well. Agreed. Like, as I think we said in our review, um, or one of the reviews, like, just the emotional impact they were able to put into this set. And like, Dominaria even, like, the callbacks in that set. Like, that made you, like, care about stuff and kind of feel things like felt really good i don't know it was it's it, it was that feeling where you feel sad yet happy at the same time you know like yeah like dominaria was a set that made you really really feel like the weight of history mm -hmm. and i feel like war of the spark is a set that makes you really feel the weight of current events yeah like it really does i i don't know i gonna yeah yeah. Anyway, this uh, this is not a magic episode. Yeah, so. it, it isn't. But by the way, I had to update um Arena on my my laptop, mm -hmm. and like I had Arena update and it fires off, and what the first thing it does is play the trailer. I had to sit and watch the trailer again. <laughs> I did the exact same thing because it's phenomenal, and they crushed it. But, like I wa I watched it, and then like I think I posted in the Discord. I'm like, man, whoever they had oh, do yeah, the voice that. acting for Liliana's scream was just on point. Yeah, like there are literal two vocal lines outside of the cover song in that entire thing. Oh, sorry, there's three because there's one where you hear Gideon grunting as people stab him. Yep, it's Gideon grunting, which is perfectly in character. Yep, Bolus roaring, yep. which is kind of in character. I never really see, think of him as a roaring dragon, and Liliana screaming. Yeah. And all of it is just like, yep. Yep. Uh-huh. On point. Like, I don't know. But, yeah, I don't know. <laughs> there's, there's so much in that trailer. It's insane. Yeah. As I said, like, I I, I love the, um, uh, you, you, like, did you notice it kind of when she, when she turns around then for the first time and, like, like, kind of makes the sign a little bit? I didn't actually. I wasn't looking oh, okay. for that. Like, the thing that she doesn't really make it, but you can see her like she like her hand starts glowing and it kind of comes up like that, and she kind of like looks down a little bit. And, like it's like that's the moment, like, and you can see it. <laughs> well, there's uh, there's the point that I always like sticks out to me, where like she turns and she looks back at the bodies of the brother and sister that died in the rubble. Yep. And like her hand just like like gets like the that's the purple... one. Well, That's it right uh, that, there. that is one show. Well, like I'm pretty in in my like headcan. What she's doing there 
is she's basically seeing if her necromancy magic, like she's checking to see if they're alive. Yep. And I think the answer is no. Yeah. And I think that's like that's when she breaks. Yeah, like that's like you the can, moment you can tell. You can literally see it in her eyes where she breaks when she realizes that she can reanimate them. Yeah. And then she turns around and she's just like, All right. nah, brah. <laughs> uh, my terms now. <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah, yeah. There, there's so much in that video. It's insane. Like, it's a two minute video and there's a ton to unpack there. Like, it's so, yeah, they just, just, just crushed it. Shout out to Dak Faden going out like a bitch. Yeah. <laughs> Doesn't even get a fucking card in the set. <laughs> there's a reason for it, but. Him not getting a card? Yeah, they've said. Oh, I haven't heard anything. So he actually, I guess, um, uh, that actually happened after the set was done, and it was part of the novel. Oh, okay. So, like, that's where it came from and stuff like that. And their their thing was, they're like, well, it's better to have a good story than be completely beholden to the set. I agree. It's like with U- like Ugin not having a card in M19. I think I'm... I'm more surprised by the fact that he just didn't have a card because he is like, he's a B tier planeswalker. Don't get me wrong, yeah. but he's a very popular B tier planeswalker. Yeah. But like, where are you putting them? Uh, I don't know. Have him instead of Sahili, Maybe I, I see. I don't think you do that. I think they put Sahili in as a lock. Just like, because she's newer, well, or she's more I think, well known. I think they said with those lower tier ones, they or lo, like lower rarity ones, they actually built the mechanical what they wanted them to do more mechanically, and then, oh, put then the they just seeded in. the planeswalkers in. Yep. All right, that makes sense. Yeah, that's kind of, and that's actually why Ingrath got a mass. All right, so I guess that explains that. Yeah, I mean, to be fair, we have Sahili and Rel's Eric, so it's not like there's really room for yeah. another. Is it? And that's the point. It's like who. How do you fit them in? But, but so I don't know. Oh well, make him uh, make him a mono blue walker. There we go. Like, I don't know. gosh, I was just thinking of it. Sorry, I just bringing it back to my game thing, which is weird. Oh yeah, but, like, oh, I was just thinking about that feeling of like, like the happy sadness thing, you know, like yep. and just like, have you ever got that feeling when you've like played through a game? And you get to the end, and like whatever happens happens for the epilogue and the credits roll, and you're just kind of like you're super sad that the that this is done, but you were so happy that you got to experience the journey. I or, don't or like a book maybe or something like that even maybe. I don't think I've ever felt that about like a normal game that I just like sit and play through a campaign. Yeah. I've actually felt that about raiding before. Fair enough. Like when we first, the first time, like we beat something, like the first yeah. time we beat Z, we beat ZG. Oh yeah. I was ridiculously hype, and then I realized that I would never feel this hype again. Yeah, you're like, you're like super hype because we accomplished this thing, but you're like, now we did it. Like, yeah. like, <laughs> like where do where do we go from here? Right? Like, yeah, like that was the last ten man. Yeah. We achieved it. We beat it. Like, obviously, we we're going to keep doing it because yeah. like, that's what we did. But, like, now we've done it. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, it's like, that's, I was just thinking about some of those games, like, I'm, uh, like, finishing Earthbound, or the one that really got me was Chrono Trigger when I finished that one. It's like, you, you get to the end of that one and kind of you, because the rest of your party is from other periods of time, like, or most of your party is, so, like, and, and, like, you beat the big bad, blah, 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 things are happening. Like, now the time rifts are kind of closing up because he's gone and everything like that. So everyone has to go back to their own time. And you're, like, you're basically saying goodbye to these people. And it's, it's like, one of those things where it's, like, you're, like, man, like, I am really sad for this. Like, you just want this adventure to keep going on and on and on and on because these characters are so good and you enjoyed their company and everything. But at the other hand, you're just, like, I am really happy i got to walk through this like Mm. as weird as that is to the moon kind of did that for me too like in a weird way because it's literally a game like 
like spoiler alert and no one's going to be surprised by this if they play it it's not really a spoiler but like the character that you're working with and like doing this stuff for dies at the end <laughs> like that's just you know the whole point of that game is is that you are scientists who can rewrite people's memories so that they can experience what they want to but the process is fatal like <laughs> so you know as they say all of their patients are dead at the end like that's just how it works you know and like it's really weird because you get your you rewrite this entire story for a person and like you hit the end of the game and you're like i have so many mixed feelings about this i don't even know what to think like you are so like sad yet uplifted yet joyful yet disappointed that like it's just it's insane how that stupid game could could conjure up all these emotions of like conflicting emotions about something like i and i this is another game that i just recommend like it's like 10 bucks or something like that on steam and you can usually get it cheaper and like it's one of those games that like you know I'll spoil a lot of things like and say, you know, spoiler alert, you'd have to worry about this actually. But like that, this is one game that like, like the, like the big reveal in Bioshock, like I will not spoil that for people. Like I just, I won't even do that. Like this game as you like to the moon, as you play through it, you're just like, Holy crap. Like I, I don't know how to deal with this stuff. Like, like I'm an adult and I don't know how to handle these emotions. <laughs> I have actually something to say about the big, the big reveal in Bioshock. Okay. But we have to say it off air. Okay. Because if anything I say about it, we'll spoil it. Okay. <laughs> I mean, you so. could, you could say there's a big spoiler for it here and stuff. Like if you want, I don't know if you want to risk it. Like, honestly, the game has been out for like, over 10 years i think so yeah but we have standards like there are certain things that people must experience themselves and telling people what happens and like 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 the experience of like hitting that point and you're like son of a bitch like (laughs) you know it's like it's like certain movies like there's certain movies where it's like you know and everybody knows this by now if you haven't seen the sixth sense or whatever turn this off and like go watch something i guess in your life spoiler i've never seen the sixth sense um yeah neither but, neither have i but actually. you know but you know the spoil right yep i yeah. i know the spoil like i remember like yeah like they're talking about like like that's like it's one of those things where it's like oh my god yeah it was like um another movie that did that for me was um a beautiful mind have you seen that one i don't think so I, I actually picked that one up earlier than uh, than when they spoiled it. There was like one thing that happened. I'm like, oh, I figured it out. Like, <laughs> but um, that was one too where it was like there was kind of a weird twist with it and stuff like that. And you and like when you figure it out, it's kind of like oh shit. But like, yeah, Bioshock's one of those. And then I'm uh, yeah. to the moon. Also, like to the moon, I could tell you what the whole like spoil thing is, but honestly, you'd just be like okay like you wouldn't it wouldn't mean anything to you because you have to experience everything in that whole timeline and honestly like i think bioshock's very much the same way i agree i think yeah like i think if you i think if you just like went into that room and like that happened you'd just be like okay yeah like i think you have to trudge through everything first like yeah yeah because yeah playing through it a second time then you're like son of a bitch like you know and they do drop clues through it you know throughout it like, oh yeah the the entire th- like everything leading up to that like you think back and you're like oh oh yeah oh, oh okay yeah oh, oh yeah <laughs> oh but oh uh, man like oh sorry yeah yeah john if you want short games that make you like 
question your existence and everything. Like, not like, am I a real person or anything, but like, what is life and what do my relationships in life mean? Like, the Freebird games games are just top notch for that shit. Like, To the Moon and Par- uh, Finding Paradise are just like, holy hell. Like, people were kind of critical of Finding Paradise because I think they expected To the Moon 2. And that's not what it was. And I'm glad it wasn't that in some ways because I think it would have fell- fallen short if they t- tried to do that. But, like, I don't yeah. know. Maybe there's a lot of people who are like, like you made this thing and everything you make from now on should be like that. And like, nah, man, I'm not being pigeonholed into your bullshit. Yeah, like, like I am not typecast as crazy murderer dude who stares at you funny. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I I I really like it when people just are like, I'm not gonna like I'm just gonna make what I have to make, even though they have a lot of pressure after something like that, like. Yeah. I feel really bad for the people that can't get up from under that shadow. Like, Notch when he made Minecraft. Yep. Like, the poor guy. I, I'm pretty sure it ruined his life, like, <laughs> in the long made, term. Made him bajillions. He can never make anything else ever again. I think it basically destroyed everything he tried to do after that, like, <laughs> yeah. in some ways. Like, I feel like Richard Garfield got out from under magic, though, which is nice. He like magic is definitely what he's still the most known for, yeah. but like he's made Ascension, which was a popular game. A net, he's made, he made Artif- Netrunner. Yeah, he made Netrunner, which was a popular game. He's made Artifact, which was popular and has since died because they made it a little too grindy. Yeah. But but like he he is still a fantastic game designer. Yes. He's not a one-hit wonder by any means. That guy's good at what he does. Yeah, the guy is excellent. As to where, like, I've... I don't know where Rosewater would go from Magic. I don't think he has any desire to leave Magic. No. But he's but, done He's done design, uh, other design and stuff like that, so... Yeah, wasn't he... Was he part of Transformers? I thought yeah, I heard he, he did, was. He did work yeah. on Transformers, and he has his own thing he's been designing, too, that has grown release. He's been working. Really? He, has, he has that mood swings that he's been work, like working on for years, but he can't release it because he works for Hasbro, or yeah. he works for Wizards of the Coast. Who, you know, there's reasons he can't basically, like legal reasons. He'd have to not be part of the company. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, so like it's one of those things and stuff. And he, I guess he, I think he's. It, I've heard he's tried to convince him a few times, but yeah. But I guess it's, he says it's his solution to a mass market trading card game. His solution to it? Yeah. So, what does that mean? The average person. Okay. Like, it, it's just what, kind of how he said. He hasn't said much about it because it's something yeah. that he works yeah. on. Yeah, I suppose. So, speaking of, speaking yep. of Wizards of the Coast, a subsidiary of Hasbro. Yep. I heard someone talking yesterday. Okay. Uh, maybe it was actually, no, I'm pretty sure yesterday, maybe it was the day. Mm-hmm. Someone was like, so did you hear that there's, like, rumors that Hasbro wants to sell Watsi? Okay. And, like, I heard them say that, and, like, someone's like, why are they doing that? It's like, well, because it's not making them any money. And I was really? like, ex-fucking-skews you? Yeah. Watsi is literally their biggest earner. No, that's not true, but... is this, Are they still actually beat up by board games? Yeah, I think so. Okay. Like, but they're they're up there, I think. Like, yeah, like it's, Watsi, it's not their Watsi. biggest earner by any means, but it makes them some freaking money. Yeah, Watsi makes them a shit ton of money. They're yeah. not going to sell wizards. Or maybe I'm just thinking of Magic the Gathering. I think you might just be thinking of Magic. The I Gathering. might be thinking of that because I was looking because they had a thing about their breakdown of IPs. Yeah, and like on like, do you know what their? Uh, if I recall from the graph, I think their largest money making IP was should you not Monopoly. Yeah, because they print like a hundred different new Monopoly sets every mm-hmm. goddamn And I'm guessing they probably year. can license it for things too, so. Yeah. But it's like, yeah. oh, Star Wars Monopoly, Star Wars The Phantom Menace Monopoly, Star Wars A New Hope Monopoly. Yep. And everyone's like, I must buy it because it's related to something that I like. And realistically, Monopoly, it just destroys souls and friendships. It's a shit game. Let's be real. I don't think it's a shit game. I just don't think it's as good as it 
people would assume it is. But yeah. Also, it takes forever. Yeah. Like literally forever. There's something to be said about short games. <laughs> Which is saying something because I like Risk, and Risk can also take forever. Risk can take years. I also haven't played Risk in a while, so. Yeah. Yeah, right. so like that's something that someone got brought up, and I'm just like, really, really, really. Please tell me more. Yeah. <laughs> they've been apparently they've been watching the wrong YouTube channels. Yeah, apparently, <laughs> and some someone else might be like, yeah, there's been like rumors of that for years now, yeah. and yeah, he's literally said that he's like, well, yeah, like watched the, some video on YouTube from a guy who was talking about, it. I'm like, yeah, about that. Like, yeah, whatever. But it's probably douche canoe that got like his DCI banned for being an internet bully oh, okay yeah probably <laughs> i know that's very very specific <laughs> for a descriptor yeah. but yeah no. we've been yammering about nothing for an hour so accurate so that's not true we've yammered about music yeah. and really really depressing things and pain and more depressing things and gaming and we eventually tied it back to magic because we, we always do that. Somehow, somehow we do. But we'll be like discussing, like you know, five thousand BC Chinese calligraphy, and sometime somehow we'll tie it back to magic. Yeah, probably. But all right, we can wrap this up. <laughs> Yay! Yay! All right, catch you. Bye.